You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. Today we are going to discuss something that hardly anyone discusses that I know of except for therapists. We're going to discuss the authentic self. What is the authentic self? I define it as being the self that you truly are. Not the self that your mother or father wanted you to be, and not the self that you created to entice a potential romantic interest to like you more. We're talking about the true you. And I'll give you an example. I once had a patient who hated sports, and I mean she hated them with the passion of a thousand sons. Then she met a guy who loved ice hockey and basketball and wrestling, and she really despised all of these sports. In fact, she told me that she hated all sports and would rather watch QVC because she found it way more interesting. I liked that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But she put on what I call that I'm not good enough to be me mask. She accompanied her potential love interest to all his sporting events and pretended to like them. She would make herself stand up and cheer when a basket or a goal was made or when someone was pinned down to the mat. And she told me she kept looking at the clock to see how much longer she had to suffer. My patience was not being her authentic self. In fact, she was bearing who she really was because she thought her potential romantic relationship would like her better if she liked sports. And she was successful. She and her sports-loving boyfriend eventually got married, and he married someone he thought had the same interests as he did. She married someone for whom she had to abdicate herself. Her husband had not been allowed to know the actual person that he loved. He'd fallen in love with a mask. Eventually, he was miserable, and so was she. And gee, guess what happened? They divorced. Listeners, believe it or not, this is a commonplace phenomenon in relationships. We seem to recreate ourselves, and we leave our authentic selves buried deep within. It becomes unbearable because hiding ourselves causes suffering. Plus, hiding who we really are is lying to the people we profess to like or to love. And today, we are so fortunate to have Sarah Dickey with us. She is the author of Ode to Love and Sweetly Speaking. And we're going to be discussing, and I'm going to use Sarah's words because she has beautifully phrased this, we are going to be discussing how we tend to the garden of our hearts so we can explore and fully live this one precious life. I'm going to read that again because I just think it's so beautiful. We are going to be discussing how we tend to the garden of our hearts so 
so we can explore and fully live this one precious life. Sarah Dickey describes herself as a lover of life, and throughout her life, Sarah has passionately pursued various paths of personal growth and professional development. She is a heart-centered hypnotist, a transpersonal coach, and a yoga teacher, and boy, parenthetically, I want to say I wish I could do all those stretches and bends, but I can't. In addition to being an author, Sarah found, founded Cool Creative Press, and I've seen some of her wonderful products, and we will discuss them later in our program. This is Dickie Fallon, holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from Youngstown State University and a Master's degree in Education from Malone University. She enjoys her photography hobby, logging, and designing other possibilities to share her insights with the world. She also has a new podcast, which we'll be talking about a little later, and she has a new book coming out. So it is my great pleasure to welcome Sarah Dickey to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio this morning. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much, Dr. Ann. It's a pleasure to be with you all this morning. Oh, it's just wonderful to have you. So you have some specialties that I'd like to ask about, because I don't know that our audience has heard of what you call yourself. You are a heart-centered hypnotherapist. Tell us about that. Yes. So um, heart-centered hypnotherapy um, is this brilliant healing modality, and it came into my life about five years ago, and it really allows us to continually engage in healing work, and this modality was created by David Hartman and Diane Zimbaroff, and they are from the Wellness Institute in Washington State. And really the brilliant work of heart-centered hypnotherapy is being able to dive into our old narratives. And from that, we're able to discover and unearth the conclusions that we've uh, decided about ourselves and then because of those conclusions, we're able to look at how we show up our behaviors in the world. So we just allow the client a space to relax and kind of shift down into like a trance state. And then we allow the container to be there, the containment for the client to have their experience, whatever it is. And as a hypnotist, I am just always amazed at the space and the brilliant work that arises from that because the client knows what they need. They just need this unconscious space to access their healing potential and abilities. And it's like you just need a a quiet space to just kind of discover the um, old script. I always say it's kind of like your cell phone. You know, if you don't close the apps on your cell phone, your phone doesn't work quite as efficiently. And it's the same thing with the um, hypnotherapy. You're really getting into the subconscious and you're noticing and just liberating yourself because every thought, every emotion, every experience is recorded in there. And then through the work of heart-centered hypnotherapy, you're able to truly just get clear. It's like you pull the roots of the dandelion out. You're not just cutting the top of it off. Hmm, I love that description. And wow. I have to think about what you said because that's a, a fairly deep and I was sitting here listening to you and wondering, is everybody able to be hypnotized? Uh, I love or it. Just some? Yes. So I will say um, we are all able to be hypnotized um, in a hypnotic 
state, you're in a trance state. So we are continually putting ourselves in trance states. When we're scrolling through our phone mindlessly, when we arrive at a destination and we're like, how did we even get here? And every night before we fall asleep, we we move through that trance-like state. So, yes, everybody is able to pass through through the hypnotic trance state. Sometimes it just becomes a matter of maybe it's just resistance. You know, I've had clients that have come in and have said, you know, there's no way you're going to be able to hypnotize me. And so from that, we just work on, okay, so what's your resistance to moving into this relaxed state? And then we'll work with that. Um, and you're, you're aware the whole time throughout the session. So if you ever get to a place where it's too uncomfortable, you have the wherewithal to say that you need to stop. Um, it's just a really, it's a game changer because it, on a daily basis, we're just using 10% of our conscious mind, and that's like everything's black, it's white. And then when we dive into our unconscious mind, that's where 90% of our capacity to animate our lives, to have our healing abilities, you know, our spiritual connection, that's where all of that lives. So that's the state that we're accessing, and it's just beautiful. Well, now I'm going to be really trite because a lot okay. of the public thinks like <laughs> what they've seen on television where you go on stage, you get hypnotized, and then you become a chicken. And so <laughs> I'd like you to comment on that. You said that people have control, but it doesn't seem like the people that we've seen in the past on stage who had been hypnotized and then became go went on stage and did something ludicrous um, that can cause fear in people. Could you comment about that? Yeah, and then, most definitely. About, and then we're coming up on a break in about 30 seconds. Okay, perfect. So when I first went to my training, that was one of the very first questions that the teacher said, you know, if you want to cluck like a chicken, you'll cluck like a chicken. <laughs> but normally we find the people that are coming to a heart-centered hypnotherapy session are really ready to do their healing work. So um, it, 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 there's really a willingness on the client's part. Um, so I would say, unless you want to cluck like a chicken, that's probably not going to be your experience. <laughs> okay. That's a really good listener. We will be right back with Sarah Dickey, author of two wonderful books, Ode to Lark and Sweetly Seeking, and we're going to find out about what else she's doing. We'll be back in a few minutes. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. 
people all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ann's Relationship Radio. We are here with Sarah Dickey, and she's an author and a heart-centered hypnotist, transpersonal coach, and a yoga instructor, among many other things. So, Sarah, would you explain to our listeners what you mean or what is meant by a transpersonal coach? Yeah, most definitely. So, my coach and mentor, Michael Malone, would always describe to us that our transpersonal coaching modality is all about raising consciousness. And in a transpersonal coaching relationship, I as the coach, you as the client, I'm really looking at creating a container where you get to access once in your life. And we're really not so concerned about past experiences. It's mostly like future forward thinking. So perhaps, you know, as a child, you were once shamed or need shamed. And then maybe a part of you began to just kind of close down your desires and you kind of just dumb down what you really wanted to offer to the world or where you thought you could explore and grow. And then you just manage to keep yourself small. And so with the transpersonal coaching, we're really looking at working with our clients and helping them to tap back into their wants and then access their inner wisdom. So it's in essence, you're the expert in your life. And as the coach, I'm just helping to empower you to walk into your future and to see potentials and to grow possibilities. Um, it's just really a beautiful a beautiful relationship. I, I really enjoy it because um, as the coach, I'm not the expert of your life. You're the expert. I'm just helping to create a container so that you can maybe touch back in with the things that really animate you and excite You're you. You're listening to America's Web cause you to want to move forward in your life. Well, I'm wondering if you could give us an example of a fictitious person, a conglomeration of the people you have transpersonally coached and about how it's changed somebody's life. Mm, yes. So I had this um, 
really beautiful client, and she was at a point in her life where she was um, caregiving for her parents, but she also had uh, a vibrant career going on, a career, though, that she had no passion for. And so there was a lot of... um, there was a lot of caring going on. She needed to manage her time, and the job that she had allowed her to take care of her parents, um, but it really left her feeling empty. And, you know, we often pose the question, what is your dream for this lifetime? We call it a powerful question. So when I would pose that to her, she would just say, you know, my dream has always been to be an artist. And here she was working a traditional nine-to-five job, and she said, you know, it pays my bills, it gives me flexibility. Um, And it was really about that, you know, wanting, like, I want to show up in the world as an artist. But, you know, maybe throughout her life she heard the messaging, that's not practical, that won't pay the bills. And so she was really at a turning point in her life where her physical health was beginning to suffer. And so it was just this really beautiful um, experience of working with her, and we got in touch with what her wants were, what her strengths were. You know, I think so often we focus on what our deficits are, and that becomes the story we start sharing. And so in this example, it was, um, you know, an ongoing relationship. And normally, like coaching, maybe we'll check in once a month, you know, as we get the model set up. But it was just checking back in, and she was starting to have a shift in her awareness um, and how, you know, in order for her to live this life that she's always wanted to be, she had to step into the role of, of being that artist. And so eventually, you know, she had the courage and she had the foundation to step into that. But, you know, it was just kind of cutting through layers. And so I will often say that with the transpersonal coaching work, you know, we're really forward-thinking, but maybe the um, modality of the heart center hypnotherapy kind of helps us to cut out the the old scripts from the past, and that frees us up to really help the client move forward into the future. I find that very interesting, Sarah, because it works just the opposite way for me, and I like a comment. I never had a desire to be a psychologist, I never had the desire to be an author, and I never had the desire to have a radio program or do public speaking. So it just showed up in my life. I just kind of like followed a road. Could you comment on that? Because it's just, I'm still like, look back and go, how did that happen? (laughs) Yes. So I, um, it's been my experience that we have these doors that open for us and I always say you know in my writing and in my new podcast this out um, we are all authors of our life whether we claim the title of author or not but I feel like we're always giving we're always given opportunities and there's doors that might open in front of us and I think you know we have the ability to say oh yeah I'd really like to walk through that and in my experience it's been those doors that have opened that I didn't even see coming that have brought about the most profound connection or the biggest impact. Um, And so it sounds like, you know, you, knowing you um, in this fashion, you have such heart and you have such a message to share with the world. And I would just really say, wow, look at the threshold that you crossed over. And then from that, look at all of the possibilities you've grown 
you know, and not even seeing it on your map of life. I think, you know, sometimes the best destinations we arrive at are the ones we didn't see coming. It's like we take a left-hand turn and we're like, oh, we probably should have gone right, but you would have missed everything to the left if you would have taken that right-hand turn. So I love that you're an author and that you're really helping people to unearth their authentic selves in their lives. Well, thank you, and that is such a great way of looking at things. So, listeners, I'm going to take away from what Sarah just said, is be open to new opportunities and uh, maybe get out of a rut that doesn't feel so comfortable for you. Would you agree? Oh, my goodness. I, I say yes, because I think, you know, my experience is when we show up and say, hey, I want to be of service, it doesn't always look like what we think it will look like, and sometimes those plot twists are the best things that happen. Absolutely. Now, Sarah, you're also a yoga teacher, and I know that yoga helps many of us in so many ways. I have patients who go to recovery yoga, and they just love it. Educate us about yoga and what the practice of it does for the people who participate. Yeah, so I just had a 6.30 a.m. class this morning. I'm in Ohio. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful. Um, so yoga means to unite or yoke together. And I just feel like yoga is just this delicious territory because, you know, it really offers a lifetime of study. Um, it not only helps to increase flexibility, it can help lower blood pressure, it helps, you know, release and reduce our stress response, um, but it, it just really creates, for me, it's created a container of alignment, and one of my favorite yogis, Jason Crandall, often says, you know, yoga is not about touching our toes, it's about what we discover about ourselves on the way down. So, not I, only is it this... <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say, I, I had a friend who told her doctor... If God meant me to touch my toes, they'd be on my knees. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I didn't mean came up for me. I think a lot of people might agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no. That's beautiful. I feel like we should give her credit, and that could be like a yeah. totally new quote. <laughs> She's been a guest on Joanne Doniano, and uh, she just has a great sense of humor. I give her credit for that. <laughs> yes, but it, it is. It's this beautiful practice. Um, you know, the first time I ever took a yoga class, I couldn't stand it because I was just a fast-moving person. And, you know, I came to it then six months later, and I just remember laying in our final pose, which we call Shavasana, and I just started crying, and I was like, wow, I think I need this in my life. So I, I always say yoga meets us where we are, and there is yoga for every body. So you could participate in chair yoga. You know, the yogis back in India, it wasn't so much about the physical practice. It was about breathing and being in meditation. So there, there are different um, yoga practices that you can tune into. So, you know, be willing to be a student, and you'll find all kinds of information, and you know, another another tenant that I found to be really true in my life, and I think we can take it both on and off from that, is yoga is a practice, it's not a perfect. And so is our life. You know, mm -hmm. life is a practice, it's not a perfect. And so giving ourselves that 
space to just show up every time we practice and be a beginner. Like, it just really lessens, I think, anxiety and and just grief about how we need, you know, putting those, like, oh, I need to do things this way. So it just really says, hey, show up and let's meet each other where we are on this day, in this body, in this life. Okay, well, we have to take a break. And listeners, I want you to show up for the next portion of our interview with Sarah Dickey, and we will be back in a few minutes. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ian's Relationship Radio. We are here with our guest this morning, Sarah Dickey. We have so many talents, and we were just talking about yoga, so I'm going to personalize it. So at the gym where I belong, Sarah, there is yoga for old folks. Now, that's not what they call it. That's what I call it. And I love this, and the people I know at the gym who go to that class can't say enough good about it and how much it helps them. What do you think about taking up yoga as we age? All I have to say is do thumbs up and heck yeah. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I say, you know, always consult with your doctor, you know, before you're beginning anything new as far as exercise goes. But, um, wow, yoga as we age, I wish I wish it would have been popular when I was growing up um, to be carrying it through the rest of my life. But you could begin a practice at any age and it offers you benefits, um, the flexibility, the internal rebuilding that happens, the strengthening of your bones. Um, I always tell my students, yoga is like the biggest buffet. You can always find something that fits your life and what you're looking for. So, um, yeah, two thumbs up, yeah. yoga at any point in your life. 
Okay, listeners, get out there, go to the gym and do some yoga. I have to say that I went to the old folks yoga class, um, and of course I'm only 29, just kidding. And <laughs> we could be sisters. <laughs> I know. I'm not 29, listeners. Um, and I absolutely <laughs> loved it, and I just haven't had time to go back, but because it's in this, it, um, is held when I work. So, a go, listeners. Try it out. What do you have to lose? Maybe another door will open. Now, Sarah, I want to go back to the part of your introduction and ask you to explain what you mean by this phrase. I just love how you worded this. What do you mean by tending to the garden of our hearts so we can explore and fully live this one precious life. Would you say more about that for our listeners? Yes. So, um, to me, this notion of tending to the garden of our hearts, it really becomes a beautiful invitation inward. You know, as a young girl, I can remember my grandfather had this huge garden, and I often think, you know, every day he went out to weed it, to water, to tend to his plants. So then I metaphorically at this point in my life envision the same principles for my physical heart and my spiritual, mental, emotional well-being. You know, I really think of the seeds that were planted as my thoughts. And at this point in my in my growth process, you know, I really desire to have a flourishing garden that supports the life I desire. And along my path, you know, I really feel that it's my it's my work, it's all of our work to tend. And to me, tending means just paying attention to, noticing, holding with compassion, and and having the ability to pull out the weeds or to pull out the beliefs that no longer serve me. So I I give a for instance, um, you know, in my spiritual work and walk up until this point, looking at a generational belief that my family had. Um, and that belief was that in order to be abundant, one has to struggle. And so when I think of tending to the garden of my heart so that I can fully live this precious life, um, having a scarcity mindset really doesn't serve where I'd like to go. And I don't know that to be true in my heart, so that was a weed I needed to pull out. And it was through the work of heart-centered hypnotherapy that I was really able to begin to discern that the belief was even mine as it got passed down. And that's no judgment for the passing down of it. It's just an awakening on my part that says, wow, hey, that's not what I want to plant in my garden. So I think when we're tending to the garden of our hearts, it's a continual process of inquiry. It's a daily refinement to really notice what brings me joy. And it's acknowledging, yeah, there's fear out there and maybe there's some doubts, but how can I hold space for both of those and still keep moving forward so that I'm living my most conscious, awake, and aware life? Hmm. Now, let's operationalize this. How mm-hmm. do we unearth the treasures of our own souls? What do we do? What do we have to do? Hmm. So I think it's really a personal journey for each of us. Um, I think we find the work that speaks to us. You know, maybe it's connecting in nature. Maybe it's communion with a higher power, prayer, meditation, yoga, writing. You know, I really believe that each one of us, we find a ritual of connecting to that high, like to the highest part of ourselves. 
And in this space, I believe then we're able to be still. And, you know, that's one of my favorite quotes from the Bible, be still and know, Psalm 46. And then I think that's where we can tap into the treasures that lie in our hearts. And it's always a process of arriving, but never at a destination. I kind of likened it to yoga sometimes. It's like you get into this pose you think you'll never get into, and as soon as you start thinking about it, it's been my experience, I fall right out of it. So mm. it's, it's that it's that fleeting. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this is a destination. This is a process. I'm not arriving. I'm always arriving. Is this what we are talking about when we talk about the authentic self? Mm. I believe that the authentic self, you know, I believe that it's the self that's in line with our soul, and it's our highest way of expressing and showing up in the world. And, you know, I, I'm i going to choose Brene Brown here. I love her work, and um, she kind of describes authenticity, which I think is very similar to, like, holding space for that authentic self as a collection of choices that we make every day. And it's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, and the choice to let our true selves be seen. I think it really, like that authentic self, it's like you could be driving to work and you've had the worst morning, but you're still willing to show up for your clients, you're still willing to show up for your job. And I think that authentic self is like, yeah, I'm living a messy, beautiful life. Like, it's not perfect. It's it's. It's just real. It's dripping with compassion. Sometimes it has angst in it. But, you know, that authentic self is always reaching. It's like the flower that's reaching towards the sunlight. I think we're always reaching towards the sunlight. Yes, and there's this term in psychology called egocentonic. And that what that means is that if it resonates with your heart, then it resonates with your soul, and it's a reflection of who you really are as opposed to the other term, egotistonic, where you do something or you believe something and you feel uncomfortable. And so many of us are not really conscious to who our um, authentic self is. And I just encourage all of us, including me, to open up and just um, treasure and nurture who you really are. We were all born with talents and gifts. I'm wondering, Sarah, why do you think um, many people tend to ignore their heart's desire and settle for the unhappiness that they have? Mm, I think it just comes from a lifetime of perhaps belief systems. You know, I think I think we're scared. I think we're fearful. I think sometimes we're frozen in that fight, flight, or freeze. Sometimes I think we're drenched in guilt for wanting something different or more. You know, I think we struggle with our worth. I think we get lost in our minds. Um, and I really often come back to the words of Marianne Williamson in her book, A Return to Love. You know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. So I think sometimes, you know, it's just a matter of saying, wow, you know, I, I want to ignore this part of myself. But sometimes, you know, that higher self, that, that self that's open to the heart center says, yeah, but I don't want to live this way. So, you know, we have experiences to cross over that threshold. 
Um, and maybe just to step to the other side of unhappiness and what would that feel like in your life and how could you more radiantly show up in your life? Yes, and I have so many patients. I'm also a trauma therapist, so I have so many patients who come and they have a trauma that they often cannot articulate. But what it seems to be is they've been programmed by some hurtful, harmful beliefs that parents or relatives or caregivers or teachers have told them about themselves. And it's in their heart, and they believe that they're, I'll make this up, a schmuck, or that they're not talented, or that they're clumsy, or they're stupid. And I think part of finding our heart's desire is, in looking at the beliefs that you mentioned to a little, mentioned a little bit earlier, is really critical in becoming your authentic self and being the true you and um, nurturing your talents. I totally agree with that. Um, I will say that, you know, in order to cultivate my heart's desire in my life, it's been a willingness to participate in my heart-centered hypnotherapy work. So, you know, I I find a dandelion in my garden and I say, wow, I need to take this into session. Wow, I have this belief that I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable. Wow, I wonder where that even came from. And then through the work of the heart-centered hypnotherapy, I'm able to notice what belief I have. And then, oh, if I believe I'm unlovable, how do I show up in the world? Yeah, I really don't. I just am half-heartedly living my life. So it's, um, and that work that really resonates with me, it's really coming up with, hey, what do I want my new belief to be? And because of that new belief, how am I going to show up in my life? So I think, you know, it's just constantly, constantly just sitting with our hearts and saying, yeah, what, what stops me from living my heart's desire to life? And then having the courage and knowing, hey, we're all in this together. We all have places where we get tripped up, but, you know, would I rather, would I rather live a silent life in agony or would I rather, you know, be free and liberated? So how can we liberate ourselves? Now, uh, we're going to come up in a heartbreaking couple of minutes, but I, I would suspect that in trying to discover who we really are, we must be curious. Would you talk to us for a couple of minutes about the gift of curiosity? Wow. So curiosity, I say that could be my middle name. <laughs> um, <laughs> curiosity has just become my fuel for living a life full of awe and wonder. I feel like we all have the ability to tap into our curiosity. It's like it's like watching my little niece. She's four years old, and her wonder and her awe, it just incites in me this amazement. And it's like, wow, I have that within me as well. You know, wondering, oh, Aunt Sarah, where did the snowflake come from? Have you ever watched a snowflake? And I think it's those little moments where we pause and we take it all in that um, really help to just allow us to become curious in our own process of living and to say, hey, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to I'm willing to see something new or I'm willing to have a new experience. But yes, curiosity, hands down, um, I, I really believe I really believe it's such a gift to each one of us. I do too, and I think we tend to forget about it because we are so busy and we are so programmed 
to get up, go to get dressed, take a shower, go to work, come home, try to relax mm. a few minutes, and we just get lost in the scheduling of today's life for most of us in America. And I think it's yeah. really hard to have time to sit back and consider things that you and I have been discussing this morning. Now, listeners, we're going to have to take a break, and we will come back with Sarah Dickey in a few minutes. is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, listeners, to Dr. Ian's Relationship Radio. We are here with our just amazing guest, Sarah Dickey, today. And Sarah... I wanted to ask you a question about why so many of us are afraid to be the person who we really are or to say what we actually and factually think. Would you comment about this for us? Yes. So um, it's in my experience in working with clients and also in doing my own personal work. I think it's really easy to, as we kind of touched on earlier in the show, um, to just buy into a notion that we're not enough and that somehow it would benefit the world to not fully show up. So I think perhaps sometimes we're just so afraid to jump into the fullness of who we are. And sometimes I think you might have heard from clients that even though the familiar is uncomfortable, at least it's known. And so I think, you know, one of my teachers always shared, and I think this comes from AA, that if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always gotten. (laughs) Yeah. And just having that willingness that, like, if you were to just step on the other side of your fear and perhaps your self-imposed limitation, I just see this beautiful field of opportunity. And then maybe it becomes a, an inner dialogue and an inner questioning of how would your life change if you allowed yourself to live here? You know, and a coaching question I'll often ask is, you know, what could you do if you had no fear? I mean, I think fear is always there. I know in my life, you know, fear, anxiety, excitement, they all kind of feel similar sometimes. 
it was really just discerning. Wow, am I afraid? Or maybe I'm even a little excited to try something new um, and to really be who I am. So sometimes it's so habitual, I think, to just be like, oh, yeah, there's fear. But if we take a deeper inquiry, ah, maybe there's a little excitement there, too. Well, I love excitement for people because so many times, um, at least many of my patients are in this daily, okay, it's just another day, another job, another dime. But to have excitement about your life creates interest and openness, and I so support what you just said. Now, for our listeners, Sarah Dickey has written two books, and they have received such a review comment as, and I'm quoting, quote, a breath of fresh air. And my favorite book to give people, I believe your new book is called Truly Seeking. Tell us about what that book is about. Mm, Yes, so Sweetly Seeking is truly an invitation from my heart to your heart. And it's an invitation to find beauty in both words and images. So it's a smattering of photography from my travels in my life. And the amazing book designers I'll give a plug to in California, they created Mm -hmm. this whimsical watercolor backdrop. And I just really envision that, you know, Sweetly Seeking is a respite in the middle of living our busy, chaotic, plugged-in lives. You know, Sweetly Seeking sometimes is on people's bedside table or on their coffee table. And I've had so many people reach out and say, yeah, I just open up to a page. And that page was what I needed to hear for the day. So they're just short little writings. Um, And then it's also interspersed with famous quotes because anybody that knows me knows that I love words. And um, they've always been a guidepost in my life. And what are the top five things that you want to impart to the readers of your book, Sweetly Sweetly Seeking? Mm, To feel your own brilliance to really live your life from this place, um, to see with I know, isn't I, that's one of my favorites, this, yeah, brilliance. How would our life mm-hmm. change if we lived from that vantage point? Yes. Listeners, um, think about that. Feel your own brilliance. Yeah. So the top so five things you want to impart, feel your own brilliance, yeah. what else? Um, see with gentleness all that life has offered to you. So to me, that is really about being compassionate, holding your life with compassionate eyes. Um, so see with gentleness all that life has offered to you. Thirdly, let go again and again. Let go of what you think you know. Let go of who you think you are. You know, just be willing to show up in each moment, in each now, and just surrender. I think that's yoga has taught me that time and time again. Um, find the tender field of acceptance within. So it doesn't mean that you have to love where your life is right now or the process you're going through or the tears that you've been crying, but, you know, just extending like you might extend to a friend some tender acceptance. You know, how would that look in your life if you offered yourself that same acceptance that you might offer one of your dear friends? And then finally, love. I just Mm -hmm. want to say those are such words of kindness. And before you talk about the fifth thing, I wanted to add that these words of kindness, we don't usually treat ourselves this way. We often treat ourselves like we would never treat another human being or our dog. 
And yeah. all this negative self-talk, it sounds like sweetly seeking sort of helps us replace that. So what's the fifth thing? Mm, yes. And so the fifth one is love is our classroom. So I think <laughs> <laughs> love is always offering us a growth point. Um, you know, our heart, it's the strongest field, our strongest muscle, our most resilient self lives within the heart center. So, you know, what what lesson or what offering is love giving to us in this moment in our life? Now, your first book is called Ode to Love, A Journey of Awakening. I love the title. What are the most important messages you wish your readers to put in their hearts from this book? Mm. So this book arose from my love for my little niece, um, Stella. And Stella was about two at the time, and I just remember she just, like, woke up this part of my heart that loved unconditionally and couldn't imagine ever not loving her because of some situation or instance. And so that's what I wanted Ode to Love to express. Like what she captured within me was this unconditional love, and I I wanted that to be available to all of us as a reminder that love, love is always there, not because you did this, not because of who you are, but just your core essence is love. And so I want people to be reminded that there is no box around your life and that you're here to live outside the lines and that by you being you and resting in your own simplicity, you inspire the rest of the world to do that as well. And then we're more authentically ourselves, I believe. Yes, and I just focus back on if people don't want to change or want to embrace any of what we've been talking about today, they won't, and they'll have exactly what they have right now. Is that true? Yes. And and I think that's okay, too. You know, sometimes I I think we just have to discern, you know, is it is it the time to step into this? And if it's not, then then there's some part of you that has to be okay with that as well, I think. And mm-hmm. and I think without that judgment. But, you know, if you're really hungry and you're really thirsty and you're ready, then I think this message resonates. I always tell my yoga students that. Take what resonates and leave the rest. You know, this isn't a one-size-fits-all, but hopefully there'll be little nuggets along the way that just encourage you to say, wow, you know, what is my dream for this life? Yeah, and you're the also, on top of the books, and I know you have a new book coming out, but you're also the designer of other products, and I've seen them, and really, they're just so interesting and thoughtful and beautiful, and would you share with our listeners about the products you design and sell? Yes, so um, I have Hallmark to thank for this locally in Ohio, because they initially picked up my Ode to Love book, and from that, they began to ask if I had other products they could sell in their stores, and so... My cool creative press business took a little plot twist, kind of like you were saying, hey, I didn't ever see I would be an author <laughs> and a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, sure, why not? So I began creating words and wares. And really my mission of cool creative press is to create words and wares that inspire people to live a fierce life. And maybe that's through a coffee mug that has a quote from Ode to Love or Sweetly Seeking to a T-shirt to, you know, these touchstones in your life that you can wear, that you can drink from, and really um, 
really encourage you with positive energy to take bold action, to become an adventure seeker in your life, and to really live your dreams into fulfillment. Tessa, Sarah, we have about three more minutes, I can't believe it, left in our program this morning. So, would you briefly tell us about your new book? Ah, yes. So, um, I got a download the other day, and I'm... I'm clear that it's going to be about invitations to living a fierce life. That's my tagline for my business is choosing fierceness. And so I'm envisioning this as little vignettes and snippets of stories um, and really having a little feel of like the coaching questions in there to really spark an interest to live a fierce life. Mm, Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. And how can people reach you? Ah, yes. So my website is www.coolcreativepress.com. If you're on Instagram, you can give me a follow, Cool Creative Press, also on Facebook. Um, And my new podcast, Sweetly Speaking, um, you can download your preferred podcast app. We are on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And then just type in Sweetly Speaking. Um, So feel free to listen, share, rate, review. That's how you can get a hold of us. Wow. I, I hope our listeners tune into that. Now, uh, where can our listeners purchase your books? So they are both up on Amazon, Ode to Love and Sweetly Seek, on my website, coolcreativepress.com. Okay. And can they find you the products you create there also? Yes. Products are also available, and if you're local to Ohio, I often do pop-ups, so that's another place. I always say um, you could find it online, or if you see me driving down the road, normally I have some stuff in my trunk, so we often do trunk sales. <laughs> ah, that's so cool. Well, I guess we did all move to Ohio and follow you around. <laughs> yes, come in the fall. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, well, it's hot and humid there now, right? Oh, yes. Don't come right now. Wait till the fall. It's oh, I'm in California, and it's like 70 degrees out and sunny. Mm. I'm in Northern California, and it's beautiful. So, Sarah Dickey, you are such an inspiration, and it has been an honor to have you on Dr. Ant's Relationship Radio, and I hope you hurry and write your next book, finish it, so we can return and talk to you about it. And listeners, be inspired today. Let your authentic self out to smell the roses. Love your talent, your preferences, your life. Write down what you appreciate about yourself. Risk to be yourself. Be kind. Let go of the past. You can't change it. Accept change and align your heart with your path. And until next week, this is Dr. Ann Schubert reminding you that only you can create your life the way you want it to be. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.